I'd like to welcome you to Rad Real Estate. Each episode, you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host, Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in once again to Rad Real Estate. I'm so glad that you're here with me once again and making this podcast very popular. It's it's really so appreciated. And I want to tell you that as I was writing this episode, I thought it would be a quick one as I was conceptualizing it. But alas, it is not. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this topic. We're going to talk today about builders and the commission trick. Yes, that's what I said, the commission trick. Now, I want to start out by saying there's a lot of really great great builders out there that value the relationships that they have with the realtor community. And there are some that just don't. Or, well, let's get into it. Here, let me start by saying what brokers, realtors, and agents do to earn business. And I'm talking to you realtors out there. I'm talking to you brokers out there. And I'm talking to you clients out there that are looking to buy or sell a home. What the brokers and realtors and agents do from a marketing perspective is we spend money for lead generation. We're trying to find people that are looking for homes or looking to sell homes. We'll spend money on radio advertising, TV advertising, print, which is kind of going more by the wayside, but still there's newspaper, there's online newspaper and there's magazines, there's billboards, bus stop benches, joining groups, networking overall, just farming an area which consists of sending out postcards and letters, door knockers, sponsoring community events and posting banners in an area, providing flags, pencils, calendars with the company name or the realtor's name, doing marketing on social media, speaking to family and friends every chance we get, probably ad nauseum at times. But when we do all of that, once we get a client, and let's say it's a seller, what do we do for our client? Well, we do an MLS search. We review listings in the area. We provide a comparable market analysis, or CMA, as we refer to it in the business. We determine best pricing. We help determine what the home should be listed at. We take professional photos, or should. I've talked about that in previous episodes. Some agents out there take their own pictures. I wouldn't recommend it, but um, we list the home in the MLS, which is the multiple listing service. We syndicate the listing. Um, It automatically syndicates to Realtor.com, Zillow, and Trulia. And in my particular firm, we syndicate it out to 927 other websites. We create an in-home flyer or brochure. We place a for sale sign on the property if it's allowed. And most times it is. We send a periodic e-blast 
flyer to all the real estate agents in the market area. We post the listing to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, sometimes Craigslist, certainly on our own website at Bay Realty here. We personally attend showings whenever it's possible. We constantly monitor the market for any changes because if changes happen, we need to make sure that your, your uh, price is reflective of that. We provide all necessary documentation, the listing agreement, contract disclosures. We provide title company referrals. We review closing documents, attend inspections. Boy, oh boy, that's a lot. And it's probably not the whole iceberg. It's not the tip of the iceberg, but it's not the whole iceberg. But once we obtain a client that's a buyer, we do other things. How do we, how do we obtain them? Well, you know, we do a, a, once we obtain a, a client that's a buyer, we do an MLS search, we review listings, we offer our notes and opinions on those particular listings, especially if we're trying to educate our client on a particular area, uh, a community, what the schools are, where the churches, synagogues, or what have you are located, where shopping is located, how close it is to school, what are the school ratings? We schedule showings. We attend those showings, of course. We provide a comparable market analysis here, too, for our buyers. We review disclosures, write an offer, negotiate an offer, attend inspections, negotiate repairs. We communicate with the mortgage company. We communicate with the title company. We review closing documents. My goodness, we do a lot to like I said before, to obtain a buying client. And then we do a lot for our buying client to make sure that their interests are considered in the buying process, in the hunting for a home process. And then sometimes we entrust our client to a builder. If we're looking in a particular area and we have a client that would prefer new or that's certainly an option that's on the table for them, we bring them into a community and, and it doesn't stop there. We don't just, we shouldn't just turn our client over to the on-site salesperson because that on-site salesperson, irrespective of how good they are, represents the builder. They don't represent the, the buyer. And so what we do as realtors, when we bring our clients into a new home community is we help determine the best lot and we're thinking resale value and lifestyle. So what are the important factors for our buyer? And we help them make a determination on the best lot. We help determine the best floor plan that fits their, their lifestyle and their family's lifestyle. We negotiate the price if, if possible. Some builders do not negotiate at all and others do. Uh, and if they do, then that's part of our our job is to help negotiate our way through that. In my office, we attend the selection center meeting. So when you're picking your options and you're building from scratch, even if it's a production home, which means it's a kind of a, a plan that the builder has on the shelf, if you will, but you still get to select some things like the color of the carpet and what type of flooring and countertops and cabinets and so forth. Well, we attend that meeting so that we can Offer our input to make sure that you're getting a good resale 
on those items when it comes time for you to sell. We don't want you to overspend and then need to sell in a few years and you call us up or you call me and you say, hey, Richard, it's it's time to sell my home. And I say, well, gosh, we're not going to be able to get what you think we are because you spent so much money on your options. It's going to be hard to find somebody that values them the same way you do. So we try and prevent that so we don't have to have that type of conversation when the time comes. So we attend that selection center meeting. And we also try to help you understand certain market trends. What's happening from a design standpoint out there in the market? Now, you can see a lot of that on HGTV, but sometimes that's not always reflective of the trends. In any event, we attend the walkthroughs that the builder holds. And they're typically three or four. The first one would be a pre-construction meeting, which talks about the home and where it's going to be situated on the lot and what plan it is and so forth. And then the next meeting would be the pre-drywall meeting, which is exactly that. It's when all the mechanicals are installed in the home, the the electric and the plumbing and the air conditioning and the uh, insulation is already in. And now it's right before the drywall is going to go on so that you can catch anything that was missed. That's a whole lot easier to fix something before the drywall goes on than it is afterward. And in past episodes, I've talked about what are some of the things that we can catch in that walkthrough. But let's keep moving on. We also want to make sure that everything is in order, like all the things that you've selected on your or in your meeting that you had at the selection center, all those options are included in the home because sometimes they get forgotten. We want to make sure the finished product is excellent. And by that, I mean, make sure that all of the little items like the paint and the drywall and the trim and the right appliances and the home looks show ready when it's turned over to you at closing. We also bring you in there and we hope that and trust that the on-site salesperson and the superintendent who's going to be in charge of building your home are customer focused. If you have questions, we want them to be able to answer it. And some builders are really, really good about training their salespeople in that regard. And some aren't. What some unscrupulous builders do is that they require that you are with your client at the time their foot crosses the threshold of their model center. Otherwise, you are out. You cannot represent your client. Your client will have no representation by you with that builder. And so I, I will tell you, the reason that this is a hot topic for me right now is I just had that situation happen. And it seems so silly to me because in my former life before being a real estate brokerage owner and a real estate agent or realtor, I was a division president for a national home builder. This is not something I would have ever condoned at that builder. But let me tell you a little bit about what happened. I had a client that I had been working with for some time brought them through several communities, helped them learn about the different areas and different communities and what those communities had to offer. And one community that I brought them to north of Tampa was a beautiful golf course community. 
And I wasn't in town the particular day that I sent them to that community. And they went into the builder model and they loved it. Of course they did because I had been paying attention to what they liked and what they didn't like. So in any event, they go into the builder model. They really liked the home, but they wanted to pursue a different home in the community. And it was a bank owned property. And we did in fact pursue that home. We went under contract and then shortly after the inspections, it all fell apart. There were lots of things that needed to be done on the home. And so it canceled. My clients got their money refunded and we were on the hunt again. Again, I was out of town, but still had been working with this client, told them to go back and check, check out this builder again. They did. And that builder had an inventory home, which is a home that was nearly completed that my clients loved. They just loved the floor plan. They loved the location. And so they called me and told me that. And I called the on-site salesperson and said, we were going to be submitting an offer only to be told by this salesperson that used to work for me, understands my integrity. He said, I'm sorry, but you cannot represent these people for their purchase. I said, wait, what? And he told me their policy. I was flabbergasted because I had never known this particular builder to be this way, to have this type of ridiculous policy. Otherwise, I would have never sent my buyer in there. Never. I mean, like I said, all those things that I was telling you that we do to obtain a client, I'm not going to spend all my money and time and energy on someone only to have a chance that that gets thrown away. I went above that salesperson's head to their division president. I thought certainly common sense will prevail in this situation, but it didn't. So this builder, ICI Homes, they said, no, your client can't be represented. Well, I told my clients that, and they were as dumbfounded as I was and said, then we're not buying that house. So with this foolish policy that's put in place by this builder, that's a it's a Florida-based builder, they are they lost a sale, they lost a realtor who has a lot of connections in this market. Because you can bet I'm not only talking about this on my podcast. I'm talking to realtors about this all the time. And my realtors, which consist of a, a, of a bunch that are that hold their license under my, my license, my brokerage license. Well, isn't that just a shame that now my client doesn't get a house they love, the builder doesn't sell their house, I have to continue shopping for a home for my client, which we found... And they love this house that we're under contract on now. But my goodness, this builder on their website touts that when the, when they survey their customers, that nothing less than a 10 will do in a rating from 0 to 10. And then they treat their clients like that. So the question that you have to ask is, why would a builder do that? Why? It seems like they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. 
And I can only think of three reasons, and maybe you all can think of something different than me, but if you think of something, please send me an email at sellingtampabay at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. But the three reasons that I came up with is that the builder just prefers not to cooperate with realtors. And I can tell you from my extensive experience in the home building industry, the companies that I worked for and with, we loved realtors. In fact, we would we would make it a requirement that our on-site salespeople increased their participation, their realtor participation percentage. And how they would do that is by forming relationships with the realtors and the brokers out there so that when those realtors and brokers had clients, they thought of that salesperson and that community. So that's how that's how that worked. So so again, this particular builder maybe just doesn't want to work with realtors. Maybe it's too much of a pain for them. Maybe there's too much oversight. The second reason would be that they do not want the client to have representation. And that's a very scary proposition, to be honest with you. Because, like I said, the on-site salesperson works for the builder. The superintendent works for the builder. The buyer, who's the one that's spending the money on this home, is out there on an island if they don't have representation, especially representation from somebody like myself with the experience I have. And then without anyone with experience to help through that process, nobody's attending those those meetings with you, the pre-drywall meeting, the selection center meeting, and so forth. So that's the second reason is they don't want the client to have representation. Or the third is that they simply don't want to pay a commission. And maybe they they are only dollar-focused rather than customer-focused. And that's not a good position to be in. That's not a good builder to do business with. Or they're struggling. Maybe they can't make ends meet. And so what they do is they don't cooperate with realtors. They hold a stringent policy line like this. So then they're able to put those few extra dollars in their coffers by the end of the year. Uh, those are the only reasons that I can think of. Maybe there's one more in that they think that all of the marketing that they're doing, which tends to be quite limited for most builders, and this one in particular because I don't see much of any advertising at all, but maybe they're just thinking that their advertising was what brought that that person in. So that would mean that they're questioning integrity of the client and the realtor that is saying no they're with me I'm I'm working with them which is just ridiculous a terrible way to start off a relationship if you think about it there's a builder that's out of business now that actually said to a client of mine when they went into a community this was years ago they said to the client if you come back without your realtor, we can lower your price. Now, how about that for unscrupulous? And you know what builder does the same thing with the like what ICI is doing? If you don't cross the threshold with your client, then you're you don't get to represent them. Is Lennar? Believe it or not, big builder like that does a lot of realtor business. Although they they cut commissions so far back 
when the market was was hot, they cut the commission because they just didn't want to pay it. They figured we can sell these homes without you, so go away. And there are other builders in the market that do similar things like NVR Ryan Homes, and they go by Ryan Homes. And, and that may be confusing to some because there's so many Ryan, Ryland, things like that. But NVR Ryan Homes, they pay a flat $2,500 commission to realtors. Imagine that. Imagine that you spend all the money, as I mentioned before, to obtain a client and the builder's going to pay you $2,500 for you to bring your client there. It's just a ridiculous notion. I would never do it. There wouldn't be a reason for me to bring my client there. That's not to mention, I don't feel like their homes have the same pizzazz that other homes have. So I think in the long run, they're going to get hurt. I was just looking at an inventory home that they have that won't be ready until October. So in essence, as a realtor and a buyer, you still have to go through all those processes, the construction meeting and pre-drywall and so forth, but they're still going to pay a $2,500 commission. That's just crazy. There's a couple of other builders, MI Homes and Taylor Morrison. Now, those are two builders that, you know, they build a decent home, but their, their commission policy is ridiculous. They use our MLS system, and by ours, I mean the the realtors across the whole Florida market. They use our MLS system to list their inventory homes that that are under construction. The MLS shows the list price and the commission rate, but in the realtor remarks down way at the bottom of the listing, they say, in quotes, commission paid on the base price of the home only, which specifically excludes any and all premiums, upgrades, options, and incentives, end quote. How about that? So there's no way as a realtor that you can look at the listing and understand what you're being paid to bring your client into their community to see if they want to buy a home there. So you have to go to their website to figure out what the floor plan is, to see what the base price is, and then you still don't know what your commission is because they're going to offer incentives to the buyer based on if you use their mortgage lender or you use their title company or both. And then that gets deducted off of the price of the home. So whatever marketing fees they're spending to entice a buyer to buy, they're going to subtract that from what they calculate the commission on. It's just ridiculous. And it's a clear violation of the MLS compensation policy. So it's just crazy that they are doing that type of thing, I believe, shooting themselves in the foot with the realtor community. It's it, There's another builder, Adams Homes, in this market. Well, you know what they used to pay? Now they've come to their senses, finally, because things are slowing down for them. So they're realizing that they need the realtors to help them get homes sold. They were paying $500 for you to bring your client in and bring them the contract in a closing. It's crazy, crazy, crazy.
I'm so surprised. But there are really great builders out there that don't do that. And I mentioned them before, uh, but uh, and I'll tell you who they are again. And that is D.R. Horton. They're a big, big, big national builder that values the relationships that they have with the realtors. And they know that when the times are good, the times are good together. And when the times are bad, let's see if we can still pay the same good commission to our realtors and hope that they keep us going just like we will keep them going. It's a great symbiotic relationship in the way that they contemplate it. And I I agree with them 100% wholeheartedly. What these builders that that are doing all these unscrupulous things don't seem to know is that realtors have a long memory. We really do. We know. And these things that I'm talking to you about, I know one has happened recently, which is really what caused me to use that as a springboard into this podcast episode. But many of these examples that I've given to you here today are from years ago. I remember them and I tell my agents about them. I tell other agents about them because I want to spread the word. Don't have your client misrepresented or not represented and don't cut yourself short on your value as it relates to helping your client find a home. If you're a realtor, I'd suggest staying away from the builders that don't value you or your buyers. In the long run, you're going to have done your clients a massive disservice by showing them the communities for these particular builders. Don't do it. And if you are a buyer, beware. Use a realtor in the process and stay away from those communities that won't let you for various reasons. And then the final suggestion for you is if you're a buyer and you go into a community, just don't register. If your realtor's not with you, just tell the people you're not interested in registering. They can't make you do it. So it's something to keep in mind. Beware and stick to those builders that have a great reputation. And you can find that out by talking to your realtor. Imagine that. Hey, thanks for tuning in once again to Rad Real Estate. I appreciate you listening to my rant today it's just so upsetting but at the same time my client's going to end up in a much more beautiful home that really really fits their lifestyle perfectly so thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time This has been a Rad Real Estate Podcast in cooperation with Bay Realty of Florida, LLC, a Florida-based real estate company. Episodes are written, directed, and edited by Richard Dombrowski. The views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests of the show and should not be used to make financial decisions or in buying or selling real estate. To find out more information, contact the host directly at Florida at gmail.com. The theme song is Action by Cube Sounds and can be found on Pixbay.